Good morning, everyone. So uh, this morning we're going to be talking about something, and I'm pretty convinced that you have probably heard a hundred sermons about this particular topic, but my prayer this morning is really that you would get something fresh, that, that the Holy Spirit would give you a revelation of something new, that you would get a new insight into this story, and that it wouldn't just be like, okay, yeah, I already know that story, but that really, I mean, we're not here to just do a program. We're really here every week the, the main goal, the main purpose is to, is to provide an opportunity for you to have an encounter with the living God. That's really why we exist, is for you to experience the love and the mercy and the forgiveness and the grace of a loving God. And so um, that's what I'm praying for this morning. So would you just join me in inviting the Holy Spirit to just really speak to you and to the people around you? Lord, I just want to thank you first and foremost, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, that, that really, even when you don't answer prayers the way that I think you should, Lord, I know ultimately, Lord, you have never failed me yet, Lord, and you have never failed anybody in here. Lord, you are perfect in all your ways. And Lord, as we come into this um, topic of, of storms in our lives, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to open up the hearts of the listeners. Open the eyes, Lord. Let us see truth, Lord, for you are truth. Lord, let us walk in the light even as you are in the light, as you are light. Lord, we pray that you would just speak. Speak to us, Lord. Reveal yourself to us in a new and a deep and a fresh way. We just thank you for that. Every day, Lord, you give us, you provide for us something new. Your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we're talking about Jesus calms our storms. And this is a passage out of Mark 4, uh, verses 35 through 41. And in our lives, there are always going to be storms. You know, uh, for those who live, who are from California, um, you know, there, was, there were earthquakes just recently, this week. And I survived uh, one earthquake that was massive and, and several hundred people died in that. And, you know, there are t typhoons and hurricanes and there are blizzards and just thunderstorms and all kinds of storms. How many of you were getting ready for like a party or having a party on the 4th of July? And all of a sudden that like windstorm just blew in and then the rain, anybody else? Is that just me? Because we were getting ready for this party, and I, I had no idea that the weather for, what the weather forecast was, and all of a sudden, this huge storm just blows through. It was just weird. And I was just thinking, you know, it's just, it's so in line with what I've been studying in the Word. Um, when I grew up, I grew up in Minnesota, and so we are known basically for being the cold state, right? That's kind of what everybody knows Minnesota for. And also that the people are really nice. And also for the accent, you know, for those of you who are from there then. So, so I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the whole message like this then. Are you all right with that? I know it kind of sounded Canadian. But anyway... Um, <laughs> But when we first moved to Utah, so I had lived in California, we had lived in California for about 15 years, and then when we moved to Utah, I was expecting to have blizzards, because in Minnesota, 
they are legit. The, the storms in the winter are legit blizzards. And I have yet to see a real, like what I would call a blizzard in Utah. And you Californians are excited about that, I'm sure. <laughs> blizzards are crazy. Like I can literally remember just you, you're driving down the road, all of a sudden the wind picks up and you, I, I remember having to drive home watching just the lines on the road because it's completely white. You can see nothing. And storms are, are inconvenient, aren't they? They change our plans, they can devastate us, they can cause destruction, all kinds of things. And so today we're gonna to be talking about one particular storm, and this one is uh, the one, it's, it actually takes place in the Sea of Galilee, which is not really a sea, it's a lake. It's the second lowest lake in the world, second only to the Dead Sea, which is a little bit lower. And it's, it's a freshwater lake. And this is where Jesus and the disciples used to go fishing. So in starting in verse four, I mean in verse 35, I'm sorry, of Mark chapter four, verse 35, it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion or a pillow. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're gonna drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, the disciples, why are you afraid? Do you have no faith? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. So you've all heard this story, right? You've seen the pictures. But I want you today to be thinking about your storms, the storms in your life and, and the storms you've been through and maybe some of you are currently in a storm. I'm, I'm assuming there are probably those of you who are going through a, a hard time right now. You have a storm in your life to be thinking about it. We're gonna start out by talking about kind of the nature of storms and then we're gonna talk about where is God in the middle of my storm? And then we're gonna talk about how does Jesus respond and how do we respond? So starting with the nature of storms, it says here, again, as evening came, Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. Well, now imagine this. Jesus has been teaching all day long. He's tired. And yet he says, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake, which is very interesting because obviously Jesus being God, is this annoying, this sound? Um, Jesus being God realizes that there's going to be a storm. He knows this. So he is wittingly bringing his disciples into a storm. Okay? Because on the Sea of Galilee, it's about eight miles wide and about 13 miles across. And it's, because I said it, it's really low. So what that does is, is it creates what they call the perfect storm. So that when the winds come in there, it just, it brings up these huge, waves and this torrential wind and rain and everything. And Jesus knew this. 
He understood what was going to happen. And yet, he chose to take the disciples into this difficulty. He chose to take them into this storm. It says, so, that, so they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed. So they left the big crowds. I don't know if this was the day that he fed the 5,000 or what happened, but so they all got in the boat and then other people got in their boats too and started following them. Maybe because they wanted to hear more of what Jesus had to say, but Jesus is like, peace out, I'm gonna go to sleep. So he went to sleep in the boat. Here, all of a sudden this fierce storm comes up. I love what the NIV says. The NIV calls it a, a furious squall. And what a squall is, is a squall is not just like a little thunderstorm. A squall is like near hurricane level winds and it's intense. And so this furious squall came up and it says, and high waves were breaking into the boat and the boat began to fill with water. Now imagine the boat was probably like from here to the end of the stage over there. That's all the bigger this boat was. So I want to show you uh, a couple of pictures. First of all, this first picture was my view when I went to Israel from in Tiberias. This is the, the Sea of Galilee. You see this? Isn't that beautiful? So now the next picture is what it looks like at night during a storm. Now imagine you're, you're a fisherman and you're in a boat that's about, about this long. This is not this massive, massive boat. This is a fishing boat. And now these guys were extremely experienced. They understood, you know, the sea and the waters and they understood all this, but yet they were freaking out. They were completely stressed out by this. And so they, I mean, understandably, they're like wondering, why would Jesus bring us out here in the middle of this? And you know, actually in your life, there are three phases that you go through on a on a cyclical basis, there's, there's either you're going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. Those are like the three phases of life, unfortunately. Either you're going into one, you're in one, or you're coming out of one. So if you're in the going into one, enjoy. Enjoy it right now, because eventually you'll be in a storm. And this is not doomsday, this is just life, right? Am I right? Any of you can relate to this? Have any of you been through a storm recently? Raise your hand if you've been through a storm recently. Raise your hand if you're in a storm right now. Raise your hand if you're going into a storm, because the rest of you, that's, that's your lot. <laughs> you don't want to raise your hands. Don't do that. <laughs> but the three phases of life, it's just, it just happens. And Jesus warned us. He let us know, you're, you're going to face stuff. You're going to go through hard times. But remember his promise that he says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So he's in that boat, even if you're going through a storm. There's an author named Maria V. Snyder, and she said, there's always another storm. It's just the way the world works. Snowstorms, rainstorms, windstorms, sandstorms, and firestorms. Some are fierce, others are small. You have to deal with each one separately, but you need to keep an eye on what's brewing for tomorrow. So today, I'm hoping that the Lord will change your perspective a little bit about trials and about 
storms, about the storms of your life and the storms that you go through and the way that you respond and, and even maybe some of the questions that you ask in the middle of that storm because each and every person in here is going to deal with storms at some point if you're not in the middle of it right now. So the next picture is another picture of the Sea of Galilee at night. This is what these waves look like. Can you even imagine? I remember one time um, when I was young, I was foolish and I backpacked through Europe by myself um, for nine months and I took a trip from a, a little kind of a sketchy little town called Brindisi, Italy to Corfu, Greece. And it was on this massive ferry and this was on the Ionian Sea, which is part of the Mediterranean Sea. And I remember in the middle of the night, there was a storm that came up. Now, this is a, an extremely large boat. Every single person on that boat got seasick, including the whole crew. It was horrible. And, and like, they, you know, they always say, oh, go up on the deck if, if you're in the middle of a storm. There was no getting up on that deck. It was just, it was so bad. It was so intense. And you know, when you're in the middle of that, the, the one thing you're just thinking is, when is this going to end? Like, when is this going to calm down? And isn't it the same thing when we're going through storms in our lives? You're just thinking, when is my life going to stop being so horrible? Right? When you're going through a storm. And Jesus is saying, hey, why do you have such little faith? I'm with you. I'm going to bring this to a close. But the problem with storms is that a lot of times they're unexpected. A lot of times they come suddenly. We don't, we don't even realize. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, I always talk about that one text or that one phone call or that one conversation that changes your life forever. You know, I've had several friends who've had cancer and they talk about BC and AC before cancer, life before cancer, because once you get that diagnosis you know your life is going to be changed forever. Or let's say you, your best friend betrays you or you lose your job or the stock market crashes or some tragedy happens. It will change your life forever. And storms are like that. They just show up. They do all this damage. They do all this, destruct this destruction. They disrupt your whole life. And they are terrifying. In most cases, storms are terrifying. First of all, because you don't always know how long it's going to last. And second of all, you don't know the, number, the, the amount of damage that it's going to do. You don't know how much it's going to disrupt your life. You don't know what life's going to look like afterwards. And sometimes storms are a result of consequences from our own sin. You know, sometimes we make foolish choices or um, we... We don't do what we know we should do, which actually James 4, 17 says that is sin. If you know the right thing to do and you don't do it, that's sin. So sometimes our storms come into our lives and it's because we've blown it. We've made dumb choices or whatever, but sometimes the storms we go through are a result of the sins of others. Let's say you get involved in a business deal and you don't know there's some illegal activity going on and suddenly you you know, the company closes down and you're out of a job, right? Or you have that diagnosis or your spouse cheats on you, right? Or your children walk away from the Lord. You've raised them in the Lord and they walk away. Or someone steals from you. All of these things 
are terrifying, they're disruptive, they're unexpected for the most part, and they change your life forever. And what Jesus is saying that he wants us to do is he wants the change to be for our benefit. I think if I go over there. He wants it to be for our own good. Hello? Hello? I feel like I'm in junior high. My voice just changed. Um, so where is God in the middle of your storm? Where is God in the midst of our storm? Here it says, verse 38, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion or on a pillow that was usually in the ship or the, the boat for the fishermen. It says the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And isn't that what we do when we're in a storm? We're like, Jesus, don't you even care? Like, where are you? How could you have let my baby die? Or how could you have allowed me to marry this person who is abusive? Or why didn't you heal my mom? Or, Lord, I raised my kids in the, in the ways of the Lord. Why are they walking away? Or, Lord, you know what? I have been faithful with my money. Why is it now I'm losing everything? You know, we do. We get angry and we ask God. We question his goodness. We question his faithfulness. And the Lord is saying, why do you have such little faith? Don't you trust me? Don't you believe that I am for your good? And this is still the question Jesus asks us today. Don't you believe that I'm good? Don't you believe that I'm for you, that I'm faithful? Isaiah 45, 15 says, you, Truly you are a God who has been hiding himself, the God and Savior of Israel. And isn't that how we feel sometimes? When we're in the midst of a trial and God is silent? And this is just the reality of it. You guys, this is just the way life is sometimes. We go through the wilderness. We go through hard times. So how does Jesus respond in the midst of that storm? What does Jesus do in the middle of it? When he's silent and when he, he's asking us to trust him despite the circumstances. I love Psalm 13. When I'm, when I'm going through a really hard time or I'm, I'm struggling with something, you know, just not understanding how something could have happened or how someone could have betrayed me or, you know, after Eric died, you know, just all the questions that came up in my heart. And, you know, and, you, and, you're, and you're seeking the Lord and you're saying, God, I'm reading the Bible. I'm praying. I am, I'm trying to hear your voice. I'm fasting. And yet God remains silent. And here's what David says in Psalm 13. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? And we've all felt like this, haven't we? When you go through a, a struggle, you just think, God, are you just... Where are you? Are you rejecting me? What am I missing here? And in classic David style, because, you know, I love, I love the thing about David. When he, when he starts out his psalms, he's not really whining, but he's kind of like stating a fact. He's just going, 
wow, this is, this situation is terrible. I really don't like this situation. You know, like these guys are after me or, you know, all of the, the stuff that we go through, you know, the pain that we go through. David, David can relate to a lot of what we go through and Jesus, it says, can relate to all of it. But even, even David here says, how long, oh Lord, will you reject me? How long will you forget about me? Do you not even know? And this is exactly what the disciples were doing. They're like, why aren't you doing something about this? And first and foremost, why did you even lead us out into this storm? Knowing that on the Sea of Galilee, oftentimes at night, it was really bad. And this is what we do. And the Lord is saying, no, trust me. In the middle of this, you can trust me. I am faithful. I love that line in that song, do it again. It says, I'm still in your hand, and this is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. I love that line. Here David says in verse 5 of Psalm 13, he says, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. We are called to sing in the midst of our trials. We're called to rejoice. We're called to praise, even when we don't feel like it. Even when we are wondering where God is. You know, sometimes you just have to do it as an act of faithfulness. Really. And a lot of times, God will meet you there. All of a sudden, you're, you start to sing. Like Paul and Silas. Imagine this now. They go to jail. They're in jail, and they're singing. They're singing praises to God. I don't know about you, but I, I have a feeling I'd be in there going, seriously, they falsely accused me and now I'm in jail? This is terrible, right? Isn't that how most of us would, would respond? But instead, they're just, they just totally trust God. They're just praising the Lord. And that's what David says here. I will trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. This, he's, he's saying this before he's actually been rescued from the trial. He says, I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. So how does Jesus respond? This picture is actually the Rembrandt version of the, the storm. Isn't that beautiful? That is the rendition. How does Jesus respond when we're on that boat? So what did Jesus do? He gets up, he wakes up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, I, I like some versions say, peace. He just spoke peace, be still. And it says, suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. In the message, it says, and the wind ran out of breath and the sea was like glass. Imagine that. You're in this and within one minute, after somebody goes, peace, be still, wouldn't you be freaked out too? And it says, the disciples were terrified because Jesus is saying, why are you still afraid? Don't you have faith? And I think the reason that the disciples were so terrified is because I think for the first time, they really went, what? This is really God. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth right here in our midst. And you know, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
I think they were terrified because they recognized who Jesus really was. And that's the same thing Jesus wants us to recognize when we're going through hard times, when we're on the storm, in the middle of a storm on that ship. And he's even saying, even if you're still in the midst of it, I will still comfort you. I can still speak peace even if the storm rages. Because, you know, our circumstances aren't always going to change. Sometimes they do. Sometimes he says, peace be still, and that thing is over. But other times, he says, keep trusting me. Keep trusting me, even in the midst of your pain, even in the midst of your betrayal, even in the midst of your financial trials or your health issues or your relationship issues. Those are the worst for me. I, I, hate, I hate the relationship things that just cause so much stress, and you're just like, you know, you know those times where you're like, you feel like there might be something going on with someone or they may have said something to you and you maybe took it the wrong way or whatever. And then suddenly you get a text from them and you realize, oh, they're not mad at me at all. Or they're not, you know, that peace, be still. Or, or you're in a financial, you're in turmoil and you're thinking, wait a minute, I have been faithful with my finances and all of a sudden you can't pay your mortgage or you can't pay your rent or whatever. And then you get some random check in the mail that you totally forgot about, you know, from five years ago. You know those times where the Lord just demonstrates his faithfulness and just says, peace, be still. And this is what he still says to us today. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why don't you have faith? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you believe that I'm good? This is what he's still saying to you in your circumstances. Even if you have a diagnosis of cancer, God is still saying, I am still good. Why are you afraid? Because the Bible says it's a win-win. If you know Christ, even if you die, you get to go be with him. Worst case scenario is you have to live. So why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And, and Jesus is, it's almost like, I mean, I don't think he was disappointed in them because I think he already knew that, but I think he was bringing it to them like, you guys, haven't you seen who I am? Have you not seen my character? Have you not seen my faithfulness? And this is what he's saying to us today. Why are you afraid? Have you not seen how good I am? Have you not seen how faithful I am? And then, peace right there. When I, uh, when I grew up in Minnesota, we used to go water skiing. And uh, it was always our favorite to go when we called it the glass. We loved the glass. Any of you? All those people are out this weekend, right? They're all out on their boats. But it's, it's the best skiing on, on waters like this. And when we're in the midst of, of trauma and turmoil and everything's terrible and suddenly that season is over and it's calm like this, that is the most amazing feeling. And it's faith building, but oftentimes God has to take you through that storm. Again, in Hebrews 12, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time. 
It's painful. But later on, however, God will produce a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. He's saying you have a choice in the middle of your storm. You can either believe that I am God, believe that I am faithful, believe that I will keep my promises and I will keep my word and I will show you that I am good and I will show you that I love you and I will show you that I'm faithful or you can be stuck in your fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite. Fear is the the worst counselor you can ever go to. Never, ever, ever make a personal decision. Never make a life-changing decision if you're in the midst of fear. Never do that because it will cause you to do things you should never do, things that, that will bring more destruction to your life. And it is one of the enemy's favorite tools He loves to use fear. He loves to make us think, oh, God's done with you. You've blown it too far now. You're not even worthy. Don't even bother asking God. Don't even come into his presence because he can't stand you. This is what fear says. Fear says, God God isn't going to deliver you. Why would he? Look who you are. And yet... Even though he knows everything about us, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Amen? Aren't you so thankful that God does not treat us the way we would treat another person who acted like we act? Did that make any sense at all? You know what I'm saying? If someone treated me the way I've treated God and the grace of God, I hate to say it, but I'd be, I'd be pretty tired of it, and so would you. But God's grace is indescribable, and he's saying, you don't need to be afraid. He's saying, you, you can have faith. You can trust that I'm going to do what's good. I'm going to do what's right, and you're going to be a better person as a result of it. And I think that's why the disciples just were like, wow. He is really God. He is truly God. Acts 27 talks a lot. There's, there's all these stories about shipwrecks, and I don't have time to go into it today. But basically, Paul's saying, hey, you guys, we should not do this because this is, gonna, this is not going to end well. And sure enough, they decide to do it anyway. And if you go home later and read Acts 27. But there's a song. Um, I think it was written in 2005 by casting crowns. It's called Praise You in This Storm. And the words say, I was sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wiped our tears away. Stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen. And it's still raining. As the thunder rolls, I barely hear your whisper through the rain. I am with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and I praise the God who gives and takes away. I'll praise you in this storm. I will lift my hands for you are who you are no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You've never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. 
ends the song with this passage that I just love. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. My help comes from the one who says to that storm, peace, be still, silence. And the wind runs out of breath and the sea becomes like glass. You know, when we first moved here, Satan hit us hard. I mean, the enemy, let's say demonic forces, whatever, hit us so hard. We knew there was an enemy after us. And there was, there were, actually, we heard from people from the satanic church that they were praying against us. And there was one thing after the other that happened. And it was rough. But every time I would look up at those mountains And I would say, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heavens and the earth. And that is the God that we need to look to when we're in the middle of our storms. When we're in the middle of our trials and our hardships and our questions and our confusion. Because Jesus is saying, I can handle this. I'm a faithful father. I will handle this. You don't have to do this on your own. I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And that's what Jesus says. So, so I urge you, anticipate that, you're, that if you're not in a storm right now, the next time when a trial hits you or a, a hardship or a betrayal or a, a, a bad diagnosis or something painful... Rather than questioning God, holding God at a distance, invite him in to that process. Don't be afraid. Don't believe the lie that says he's not going to come through for you this time. Believe the truth that says he is with you always, even to the ends of the age. And one of the best ways that you, when you're going through a hard time, I know that it's our tendency to want to isolate ourselves. But one of the things, one of the best gifts Jesus has offered us is his body. It's people who know him and know his word who can get together with you and can speak the truth to you and can pray for you and love you. And that's one reason why we, we really encourage people to get involved in a community group. You can experience something much deeper than you can just on a Sunday morning. And that's why I just urge you, find a community group that you can really plug into and really become family with those people. You know, have a group around you so that when, when the storms hit, they can speak the truth to you. They can tell you what's really going on. You know, rather than trusting your emotions or trusting the enemy or trusting your own lies, you can say to somebody, hey, I'm, I'm thinking this or I'm feeling this. And they can go, hey, that's not, that's not true. God is going to come through for you. God is going to say peace to your storm. So tr- turn to people that, that you can that you trust know the Lord. Not people that are just going to sit and agree with you, but people who actually know the word of God and know God's spirit that can talk to you and speak truth to you. And then turn to him. I mean, I know I say this every single week, (laughs) but the Bible is your source of life. It is your daily bread. 
every single day, get in the Bible, read something, just read something and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to sustain you even in the midst of it so that you've invested so much in that you can withdraw when you go through those storms. Could you?